Preeti Chipper. And I'm Jen Northington, and this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. I will never serve you, Father of Lies, in a thousand lives. I never have. I know that. I'm sure of it. Come. It is time to die. <laughs> Just dive and write it. I know. And that is from chapter 47 of The Great Hunt, because we are doing chapters 43 to 50, the end of the book. And I cannot believe we have finished the second book in the series. No, me neither. Me neither. As you might have gathered, we are rereading the Wheel of Time books in advance of the TV show adaptations release. We're talking about our favorite and not so favorite moments. And we're digging into all things Wheel of Time. And for once, I have no pre-discussion notes whatsoever. <laughs> no, I think I, I'm, I will say I've, I think there will be far less not so favorite moments in this, despite all my like unhappy faces in the margins. Yeah. <laughs> Those. <laughs> that was a great tweet. <laughs> I put up a lot of pictures of my unhappy faces in the margins that I've written in The Great Hunt. Um uh, but I have far less not-so-favorite moments in this section than I did in the last section. Yeah, well, we're kind of past the worst of some of the not-so-favorite parts, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, we we this is this is it. We're done with the Great Hunt as of this show. Like, like how did that happen? Wild, right? Like, I feel like I was in my head while I was finishing this, as per usual, like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was like, okay, so it took us what six? We're what six months into this podcast? When did we start? November? Can I feel it like... really be six months? I think yeah, you're right, I... though. November sounds right. November sounds right, and so we're about six months in, and we did two books, and there are twelve left. If we don't do a new spring, which I'm leaning towards, we don't. <laughs> we'll see. Um, we'll have a fight about that later. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so like two months for books, so two, about. Two years, not counting the time we take for the, sh- for the television show. Seems correct to me. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, I'm getting out now. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Whatever. It's something to look forward to. As long as we don't slow down even more. We'll have to keep our close reading to a reasonable amount. <laughs> there, oh, okay, so... So okay, then let's start, I guess, since okay, no, okay. no no pre-discussion notes. What? Before we start, before we start, I, I don't know why it took me literally until the end of this book to think about this, but like the Great Hunt is a folklore thing mm-hmm. in I think well, I, I know it from Irish mythology. I did not double check my sources before we started recording because I'm a poor researcher, but <laughs> That's not true. Just today I am. Today was not a good day for for my brain. But I I do think it's super interesting to think about the great hunt as like a outside of wheel of time concept versus inside of wheel of time. And so I want it before I like start doing too deep of a dive into that when we get to that scene. Like what is your familiarity with that? I don't I don't have a ton of familiarity with it um at all actually like I'm sure if you know you there's the (laughs) the thing that is coming to mind is the Witcher 3 the wild hunt (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a trash person no you're not no you're not I mean yes you are but I love you for it (laughs) 
but yeah, I guess like that's kind of the level of my familiarity where I'm like, I know it exists and I know it's a thing. Yeah. But like I and I would recognize it if I was reading it, but I don't know anything about the history or the mm-hmm. like kind of I guess um how it came to be. Sure, sure, sure. Well, we won't go like too too deep into it, but I think this is an interesting reimagining of it, especially when you consider like the book is named The Great mm-hmm. Hunt. Kind of a big deal. Uh but anyway, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so let's actually go in order here. Okay, so chapter 43, we kick off with a Min perspective. Is this our first Min perspective? I, I can't remember because I feel like there was maybe a small one. Oh yeah. When they're in when they're in Tarvalin, I think we get like little like a paragraph here, a paragraph there. Yeah. Mostly about how much she hates Alita, which is legit. But like fine, yes, agreed. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have like teeny tiny moments with Min, so nothing this is our first like significant amount yeah. of time spent with her, I think. And there are lot there are lots of like really great moments. Um where, you know, the she was not accustomed to weeping openly, but she was not accustomed to feeling so helpless, so useless, which I liked a lot. Um, so she runs into she's she's on her own in Falm. And I do want to point out very quickly, because there were a lot of really funny moments unintentionally, yeah. I think, in this read. And one of them is she's she's like walking around and there's like no nobody really out, but she says like nobody walked anywhere near where the domine were mm. aside from a lone man trying to interest two sentient shoulders soldiers into buying the picture he would draw yeah. of them with his color chalks that made me laugh so hard because i was like is this disney world <laughs> is this like Times square like what is happening It's like street hustlers gonna hustle. Doesn't matter where you are, what's going on, who's in power. A funny little aside of like, yes, life goes on, even though every other situation, people are like, the people are just like not, like, they're not in it, they're not doing it. But no, this one guy is like, listen, I gotta make my money. (laughs) Two side notes, two side notes. One, that feels like something out of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes. And now I need a cabbage guy in the wheels of time. Yes. Side note two, listening to you say that word out loud. I cannot, I don't think I, I said it I correctly. I just had to look it up. You were closer than, I have been saying it domain in my head for huh. 15 years, but you are closer than I was. According to the glossary, it is Damani. Damani, okay. Which is weird to me because there's also the Domani. Like, why would you yes. make those sounds that close together? Uh, Unless Domani is not pronounced that way, which could be true. Is that in the glossary? It is not in this glossary. I'll have to look it up in my other thing. It's probably not there either. Uh, Anyway, okay, so So we'll say that word fourteen different ways. Domani, got it. Domani. Um, So they, she finds Nenev and Elaine, which I love that it happens so quick. Like as per usual, like stuff happens in this book that I was like, that's this book. Um, because for some reason, well, we'll get there. She, I love this moment because my note here is like, she sees them and they're kind of like, oh my God, is Egwene okay? Like what's going on? And Min hesitated a fraction before saying she's as well as can be expected. And I was like, oh, Oh. (laughs) Pando. (laughs) 
too real. It is too real. And so she sees them and and she's kind of like, I I met this sailor, which I think I guessed that it was Bale Toman. It's obvious. What other sailor? What other sailor did we needlessly have to spend like (laughs) what felt like 30 pages with earlier? salty about it. I know. It was like a thousand pages ago and I'm like, ugh. (laughs) Um, And she's like, you know, we found this sailor, but like, I don't know, you know, they're going to send, she's told them what their plan is for Egwene to send them back to the St. John to look for ore. And then there's this really funny moment, funny, weird, not funny, haha, where Elaine's like, I wish Rand was here. <laughs> it feels so random because, like, she met him for five minutes, like two books ago. Well, she doesn't know anything about him. Like, I think why part of that was here. I think part of that is like probably the conversations she's had with Egwene and like this, like, she's built him up in her head. But in this moment, I'm like, you have been on the run. Like, you are both clearly incredibly capable. This was just such a weird, like, it felt like Jordan kind of trying to be like, don't forget, she's a teenage girl. And yeah. like, okay. It it really stuck out to me as well because I feel like it's so out of nowhere. Like, she doesn't, he's never solved the problem for Yeah. Her. Like, all she's probably heard about him from Egwene are like, all of these stories about how woolheaded he is. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't. And like, yeah, it's not, it just doesn't. I mean, she then is like, well, I mean, I, I wish there was somebody with a sword here, but she's also never seen him fight. Like it would have made so much more sense if she was like, I wish Gowan were here. Right. Or like, you know, like some actual, like, or Gareth Brine for that matter, like somebody who has an actual place in her real life and not just this like I thought he was cute I wish he was here right now it was for no so apparent reason. weird it was yeah. like such a strange aside it's a weird um, choice. and then they kind of gloss over it because I feel like everybody recognized that it was weird <laughs> including um, Robert Jordan he's like should I have put that in and then they never went back and edited. right <laughs> maybe I don't know the editor was like sure <laughs> Um, but Min sees some foretellings again while they're talking about, like, I will say I really love Nanave in these sections. Oh, my God. Um, I have so many notes about Nanave. So good, right? But they're they're talking about what's going on, and Min sees these, like, moments of a man's ring of heavy gold floated above Nanave's head, and above Elaine's a red-hot iron and an axe. And she said they meant trouble. I think the the ring, I think we can, uh, we can guess, means Lance ring. I think, I think, yes. The red hot iron and an axe. Like, I don't, again, remember anything. The axe is just making me think of Perrin. Oh, that's a good call. And I'm assuming we're talking like a blacksmith iron, not like a clothing iron here. Yeah, I assumed a blacksmith's iron. Right. Which, again, Perrin. Which, like, I don't, I don't remember anything so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, they did have a whole situation together adventure earlier, a book ago, right? Elaine, no, Elaine and Perrin. Oh no, not met. Elaine. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking of a queen. I don't know. I, I don't know, know so many e names. There are too many e names. Anyway, so that that was like just an interesting moment of like, I what can we expect from Elaine and Perrin? Like, I have no. Yeah, I don't remember that. I couldn't even begin to guess, even after reading this. Um, then they go and meet with Bale Doman, which is, again, just an excellent, excellent showing for Nadave. Yes, yes. She's just like, 
listen, you're going to take us here. You're going to do it this way. You're going to wait for us. You're going to like X, Y, and Z. And he's like, okay. <laughs> right. And there's this great moment where like, um, she pulls the ring out. Yeah. And like, I love getting to see Nanave how other women see her, like how Min sees her. Like mm-hmm. there's this moment where like, as long as you know what it means, Nanave said with a calm that made Min envious. Because yeah. like, the name's just like, we're fucking doing this. I'm fucking doing this. It's happening. And then, so he agrees. And then they go outside and she like has to take a breath against the wall because obviously she's a real human who's not just like 100% self-assured all the mm-hmm. time forever, no matter what she's fronting. And it's such a great character moment. Ugh, it really it. is. It's so wonderful. And like, it makes up for how frustrated I was with the way he was writing her earlier on. Yeah. Because now we get to see it's it's interesting because that was Egwene's perspective of seeing mm-hmm. the name. Even though I don't think her actions made sense still to this point. I to, like I do not think they made sense. Here we're seeing mean, Min's perspective on her and just how she is like rising up to this challenge, like very intensely and very like in a way that I I just really appreciate. Yeah. She's she's admirable in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then, right, so then they all go off to their apartment over the fishmongers to, like, catch each other up on everything. And then we get chapter 44 from Perrin's point of view. Oh, yes. This I was, like, so confused because I didn't – I, I took two, two weeks off from reading this. Yeah. And I was like, where did we leave them? <laughs> no, I was like, why I, are they by themselves? I had that same problem. I was like, because the last thing that we heard from this party is that they're having this big fight over whether or not they're going to Falmy. Yeah. Like Rand is like, you know, that's where Paddington is waiting for me. That's where I have to go. But And Ingtar is just like, that's, we don't know that, like, Kieran needs to find the trail and they're having this big battle and it has not been decided at the end of that chapter what happens next so now we get this chapter which like dumps us into Perrin's viewpoint and they're already doing this thing which is that they take turns going around with Kieran trying to find the trail yeah but even that we don't know until a little bit later because first we have to go through this whole experience with Matt and Perrin and Heron right where they find out they they know that the Senchan are there but this is where they find out about the white cloaks which like (laughs) Like, I just hate them so much um and you're just kind of like confused in a very like I don't I don't think this is a a tool that Jordan has used very frequently. Like he's used it once or twice. He did it with like when Matt or when, um, yeah, when Matt, Tom and Rand <clears throat> were on the boat, like after, right. um, yeah. Loga. Um, but he doesn't use it very frequently. So when he does use it, you're like, what the, what did right. I, did right. I not read something? Did I like <laughs> skip a chapter? I don't, I don't understand. And then um, we, we only get a couple pages of that too, before we switch to the white cloak perspective. Ugh, yeah. We switched to freaking Jeff from Bornhold <laughs> who thinks he saw Perrin and was like, is that the dark, the, the dark friend who might not have been a dark friend? <laughs> What was his name? And I'm like, why do you, don't you have other things to concern yourself with? And then Child Buyer gets involved, who is also Ugh. the worst. Ugh. And he tells him, like, you have to take these messages to my son and to uh, the guy who's in charge of the White Cloaks, whose name I can't Nio. remember. Pedro Neo. Yeah, that dude. Um, 
And then he's like, oh, right. And Perrin. <laughs> it's just, like, again, like this like very strange yeah. sort of like non-natural cadence to the conversation where it's like, why are you, why would you focus on this right now when right. there is so much else happening? I mean, um, I guess, I guess if I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, you could make an argument for like Taverin impact. Like, oh, uh, fair. You know, okay, fine. Like they're, they're doing that unbeknownst to the people around them. They're, you know, pulling them into their Taverin right. scheme. It's a very generous reading, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I, I'm just offering it as a possible explanation. <laughs> no, it makes sense, I guess. Um, but that could have been done better. It could could have been been, done much better. Yeah, it could have been more smooth. And I say in a book that's seven hundred (laughs) pages long. Um, but then that blessedly short section ends after he's like, "You need to do this," and you know, I doesn't he? Is it here that he's like, "I might die"? Yeah, he's basically planning to march on. The Senchan. The Shanshin, yeah. Shan, whatever they are. Well, you can say whatever, however you want. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's basically planning, like, he thinks they're all going to die because he knows that they have, I mean, he thinks they have eyes to die. He doesn't yes. know. Oh, right. About... He's like, the eyes to die are working for them because yes, God exactly. forbid you do a little research. <laughs> right? God forbid you should, like, talk to anyone about what's going on. And so, uh, so they, he knows, and they've already had a run in and like lost a lot of soldiers. So Mm -hmm. he's like, I will not just ride away from this, like, you know, go forth in a blaze of glory. It's like very like the charge of the light brigade. Like, well, we're probably all going to die, but won't it be glorious or some shit? It's it's funny because I just uh, rewatched the return of the King extended edition this weekend. Oh, are you? (laughs) Well, it's on HBO Max, weirdly, the only extended edition that's on HBO Max, or at least as of like a week ago. Um, And so in my head, I was like comparing this terrible scene to like Aragorn being like, but it is not this day. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, Bornhall, you wish. story um and then the section ends in a, that wonderful jordan-esque like suspense way of like far above their heads a huge winged shape circled unnoticed dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. uh and then we get back to rand who is working on his sword moves <laughs> and we know that now it's because he's waiting on perrin and heron to come back and and matt and loyal's there and and Ingtar has this moment of like, there's this like symbolism and foreshadowing with a sword move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to have a whole conversation about like, why is this sword move a bad idea slash a good idea? It's so it's very it is not subtle. Let's put it that way. No, it's it's <laughs> not, not very subtle, subtle, and it's fine. It's, it's fun. Um, considering like Jordan put Min in this book, who is like the literal like. Like, literally putting an embodiment of foreshadowing into your own book. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, and then they have to decide. They figure out, like, you know, Hearn caught the scent for Fane. And, of course, we have this moment where Ingtar was like, oh, Varen, you were right. Like, we should have gone. And they talk about who gets to go. And it has to be a small party so that they won't get noticed. Varen can't go because of channeling. 
And so she's like, I love this scene, though, because it's so strange because Varen is like drawing lines in the dirt with every single person who says they want to go. Yeah. And then putting a circle around it in this like very. She's drawing a wheel. I finally figured it out. Like, yeah. it's like a it's so they're not lines next. I mean, it's described as eventually it makes sense. But at first I'm like, is she playing like tic-tac-toe with herself? Like, what is going on? <laughs> also. Strategy. She <laughs> She keeps saying this line, five ride forth, yeah. which has to be from a prophecy. I did sure. not bother to go back and look up what one, but it has to be from a prophecy. Yeah, it must be. Um, but so it's Perrin, Matt, Rand, Ingtar, and the U, the guy whose name who starts with a U, right? No, no, I don't. It's Huron. Oh, Huron. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and she and loyal is all like i want to go and baron's like nope five is it it's done in five i mean clearly there are capital r reasons why she thinks it needs to be five mm-hmm. uh but also it's true that like loyal walking into no, cannot do it and controls cannot do it <laughs> bad plan just a bad plan not a not a good idea and then of course there's still like this strangeness that's happening with ingtar which yeah. we will get to that Ugh. soon um, but it was still strangeness. Like every time Ingtar leading up to that moment comes up, I just have like a bunch of question marks around him. Cause I'm like, I don't, why are you being so weird? I know. I know. <sighs> so then we get to chapter 45, which I will say like, <clears throat> I will, we're already two chap two or three chapters in and it's only 20 minutes. Whereas in the past we've spent like 10 minutes on one chapter, like yeah. 15, 20 minutes chapter one. this section definitely moves faster. So much faster. Nice. It's not, especially this close to the end of the book, you're like, what is happening? And we actually like get to know what is happening. He packs so much in and it's so funny because I, so this is the chapter where they, they rescue Egwene. Yeah. And he, like in my head, in my head, I was like, Egwene is prisoner for like four books. Like for for some reason, my head, it lasted so long that she was prisoner of, of the Sanchan. And I just. When they rescued her, I was like, I can't believe this happens in this book. I really, I don't know if I made this up, but since you say it, I I wasn't going to bring it up, but now I'm going to, I have this like legit, what feels like a legit memory of her actually going to wherever the hell the Shanshan are from. So I'm like, does she get recaptured or like. Is there, like, do they end up going there for something else, or did I make it up? The other option is it's a different book that we both read that we are putting together with this book that has similar things, which is also possible. Like, I have no idea. I think I'm leaning towards that because the imagery doesn't make sense with what we know, (laughs) like what I've read. I don't know. But I, I don't want to, I don't even want to accidentally possibly maybe venture into spoiler territory fair so enough, we, can, we can save it. Um, but I do, I feel like maybe I at least, I think might be conflating a different series with this one. Right. Because I also was reading a lot when I was reading this book. Yeah. I liked it so yeah. much. I was reading like a lot of like American high fantasy. Well, listen, y'all, if you remember, do not tell us. <laughs> yeah, don't tell us. Don't answer our questions. No, we don't want to know. <laughs> um, so, right. So chapter 45, we're back in a Min perspective. Am I right? Yeah. No. Is it Nynaeve? 
Oh it's no, it's in, it's in a name. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. And they're they've plotted. This is amazing. They have figured out this whole plan. Yes. To rescue Egwene, and I just want to say that if these chapters make nothing else clear, it is that Nynaeve is a fucking prodigy. Yes. Like, not only has she figured out, like, where everybody needs to stand and, like, how they're going to disguise themselves, but she has also, without anybody telling her and without getting caught, figured out how to open the right. fucking leash. Like, she knew how to fucking do it. And and they, they I think they touch on this in the earlier chapters in her training at Tar Valen, but she's like, they say something about like, oh, if, you know, you show her something once and she and knows how to do yeah. it, which is like, it has to be clear that that's not the way this works for most people. Like, they no. don't just like figure shit out randomly. Like, they have to be taught how to do it. But she's just like, hmm, boop, like, got it, done. It's so what? good. And she's such amazing. like a, like a wonderful natural aptitude for it. And I... <laughs> what this made me think of oh boy was Padme in the first Star Wars movie when she's like 14 years old and is like an epic battle strategist right I will confess that I hated those it's first three they're not good I'm not saying they're good so I've only seen them once and never again <laughs> but I did rewatch them recently uh ish like a year or two ago and the one, I mean, the the problem is those movies have great story, just poor storytelling. Hmm. And in that first one, Padme is fucking awesome. Like, she is a badass. Like, she's a badass in the second one, too. But in that first one, she's, like, 14 years old, and she figures out how to save her, like, save everything. And it's right. awesome. And that's kind of what this was making me think of, of, like, Nene with, like, no support, no help, like, on her own, having to figure out this strategy, which of course all goes kind of straight to hell, but I mean, it actually goes pretty well. I think no, it goes well, but it it goes well I mean, in a way that's like they have to sort of like um, uh, improvise. Yes, but yeah, so they they like they free first of all uh, mm-hmm. somebody who has been enslaved which can i say that moment when the like collar comes off and everyone's like <gasps> and then she punches that woman yes. in the face and just <laughs> takes so all like, yes. <laughs> and they they kidnap this uh soldam is that what her soldam yeah and then they like put the collar on her mm-hmm. which they think is just a ruse but then they figure out that, that it works women, on her yeah that it works on her so now they know this whole thing that like even the shanshan don't know or maybe don't want people to know about how it works well that's the like kind of secret and again it's this weird thing where i'm like i don't know how i feel about this like yeah. it feels very strange and and you know we went through our whole spiel like yes. in the last episode or the episode before that and i i so do, I think because we did all that conversation already, we don't really need to rehash it. But it this kind of like twist still feels a little like slimy. Yeah, I mean, again, to give a generous reading, <laughs> there's a way you could see it as like internalized, toxic, for sure, whatever. Uh, but again, like I think that's an overly generous. Uh, perspective potentially and the whole system continues to be gross but since it's like we're not we can't get away from it it is part of the book right here we are here we are 
Um, so they find this out and they put the collar around the Seldom and Nenev kind of realize it by using it. Yeah. And scaring the shit out of this woman and hurting this woman. And Nenev kind of has this moment, you know, there's a line where she's, she, Nenev realized something. She could never make Elaine wear the collar because that was the plan initially yeah. as Elaine was going to pretend to be Domine. Damane. <laughs> Um, and Nineveh was going to pretend to be Saldam, but instead they decide to use the Saldam as the person um, because this woman is like, no, I won't look at anyone. I won't talk because it would be worse than anything. Like she says, as far as I'm concerned, you are worse than a murderer, worse than a dark friend, and I can't think of anything worse than you. Yeah. Yes. Um, (laughs) I did really enjoy this moment of – the woman, the Sita, Sita, I think her name is, mm-hmm. um, going, where where, are you, where are we going? And then Elaine goes into the lion's den. And Min is like, to dance with the dark one. <laughs> <laughs> and Nene's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Just say where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get, like, three paragraphs of Bale Dobin's perspective. Oh, right. We're like, fine. They're still waiting. Right. They're waiting okay. on the boat. In case you were wondering, they're waiting. He's, they're just waiting. Um, and then we get to Rand, and there's this, like, again, the stuff with Ingtar is happening when, you know, they're wearing these, like, strange – they're wearing clothes they just found. They're they're slowly coming into Falm, separate but together, but they want to make sure it doesn't look like they're together. Um, and Rand is, like, looking at Ingtar, and he's like, the Shinaran did not look much like a lord in a dirty fleece coat with holes worn through the leather – and his sword looked odd, belted over it. His eyes had a feverish inten- intensity. And you're like, ooh, there is something going on and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh. And then they're going and they see the Grom, which Huron and Rand, of yes. course, have this like very intensive reaction to. And Rand is like, perhaps he was really asleep and this was all a nightmare. And I was like, if this is all a dream, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. <laughs> Yeah, that's my least favorite writing trope of ever, for the record. <laughs> I'm still mad about the ending of Life of Pi. Spoilers. Like, 20-year-old spoilers. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> but so we we are getting, there's more and more, like, little clues about Ingtar being, like, super strange. Like, he is, like, they figure out that, you know, Matt has a moment of realization of, like, the, the dagger's in, in, it's in that building. I know it's in that building. If the dagger's there, the horn's probably there. And so Rand is like, we should wait. We should go back, get Farron, like figure out a plan. And and Ingtar's like, uh-uh, we're, we're doing this now. And so <laughs> he's kind of like rambling about, I've waited too long. I need the horn. And it's getting like very strange and weird. Uh, and then so he, they kind of like peek into this backyard courtyard area or whatever. Ingtar goes over. They count to 50. The rest of them follow. And then, like, Rand, this is all Rand's perspective, right? And so he's like, What happened to that guard? And Ingtar's like, He's dead. He was overconfident. And Rand's like, That guy was overconfident? <laughs> that was that such a guy? Good <laughs> like, I love, I, I very much love Rand actually throughout all of the rest <laughs> of this book. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, he's pretty solid. And so then, so they're experiencing like this whole Shanchen, uh, vibe like the, the with the like base, see-through clothes yeah, which okay clothes on these poor like servants and Oof. uh how like 
you know, everything is so weird and arranged and like the house is super deserted. Like they don't seem to be encountering anyone, which I feel like should have tipped them off. Yeah, it's very weird. And then, oh, before they, uh, they get to the horn, they see the horn, they see the dagger. Uh, Ingtar's like, oh, thank God. And then they look across, Rand looks across the street through the window and he sees Egwene. Yeah, or he thinks he sees. He Egwene. thinks he sees Egwene. It's which too we, far to be really sure, but he thinks he sees Egwene. And we know that he is probably correct. Yep. Um, but of course, everyone else is like, "Are you sure? I don't know." But Rand's like, "No, she's. That's definitely her. I have to get her out. Right. Like it has to happen." But then, of course, they get like surrounded by that weird yeah. lord ambush that Fane found, um, and his guards. Turok. High Lord Turok, which now I know I didn't remember him because he's only in it for like four <laughs> seconds. That's true. Um, but Matt, Matt like has his dagger back and he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> no one can have my creepy dagger. Right. And he kills somebody with it by slashing them and they turn black and gooey, it's I think. It's really gross. Super gross. Ingtar has an excellent line though. Yeah. After that happens, because Turok comes in like, oh, ha, 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 we knew you were coming. <laughs> and after Matt kills that guy, Ingtar says, you see, we are no easy meat. And I was like, oh, that's a good line. <laughs> a good, good battle line. line. Yeah, so then there's a huge fight. And Hylord Turok, of course, turns out to be a blade master. But can and- I ask? Okay. Oh, yeah, go so- Turok says, I suspected it might come to you and me to Rand. And I was like, Why? Because he has seen that Did he Rand- see the blade? Yeah, he saw the blade. So I it's like the blade was under his really fast. But there oh, I swear there was a moment. Now I'm trying to find it. Maybe he did. And maybe I just missed it. But yeah. like I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, cause he's tall? Yeah, right. <laughs> but he yeah. must have the sword. I think he saw the blade because he he makes a comment like, "Oh, you're so young. Like, what? Let's find out what you know." Yeah, which I I, I will say I really really enjoyed this fight scene. Yes. I enjoyed the like uh, internal narrative we got on Rand's behalf of him. Like, I have to get the void, but I can't touch Satan because I don't want them to know. And when he like, I usually don't care for all the sword names, like the the, the, the forms. Like, I, yeah. I don't care. But this was this was a really fun fight. Between yeah. the two of them, and the the building was really nice of like him being disappointed, and Rand being like, "No, I have to, I have to win. Like, I can't, I can't lose. I have to win." But then when he kills him, there's this great moment of like, "Oh, I just killed a man. Like, I have, yeah. I have killed Trollocs and Mirdral and and these dark things, but this was a human being." Yeah. Which, like, good on Jordan for, like, here's a creepy dude that sucks and you're going to hate him from the beginning. Then now I'm going to let my hero kill him. <laughs> and also have a moment of, like, real feeling about it. Mm-hmm. And so then as it goes on, you know, he's freaking out because they've they've beat everybody. There's this horrible moment where all the servants either kill themselves or stay. It's, it's, it's not my favorite. Um, but... Ingtar is like, we have the horn, we have to go. And Rand has this great moment of like, what what does it matter if I don't save Egwene? Like oh, I would no. damn myself. And I'm like, Ma, you're part of it, but this is a thing. <laughs> and so Matt has the horn, which I love, 
because Matt is just like, we got to go. <laughs> and there's that great moment where he like throws the horn ahead of them yeah. and then like picks it up and he's like, it's fine. And, and, like, and the whole time, Ingtar's like trying to take it from him, but Matt yeah. won't let it go. Uh, okay, so that's like a real physical comedy in a really intense moment. Yes, it's very, very funny in this moment where it, you're like, they could die at any second. They're <laughs> surrounded by Senshan. Like, Matt is like wasting away. Yeah. He's holding the most important thing to the last battle. It's like the ultimate MacGuffin. <laughs> and he's tossing it over a wall and he's like, look, it's not even scratched. It's fine. <laughs> He is your garbage child. I love it. He's my garbage son. Um, all right. So we're, I'm a trash person and Matt's a trash person. And that's why we like each other. So we're at chapter 46 and we're back. We're back to um, Nineveh. Yeah, and when and the like- boys fuck up their whole escape plan. Because actually mm-hmm. everything is going really swimmingly. Like they have... You know, they know that there's this commotion. Well, no, going no, no, no. They're not. They're not there yet. They no, they, haven't even, they haven't gotten Egwene yet. So they yeah. they walk in, which I really like. We have to talk about what Egwene is going through because I actually quite like what Jordan allows her to do, which is be mm. violent and angry. Mm-hmm. And you know, they come in, and Egwene kind of has this hysterical moment. And she's like, I know I'm not dreaming because if I was dreaming, you'd be Rand and Gallad on tall stallions. I have been dreaming. I thought Rand was here. I couldn't see him, but I thought. So like, we know there's some connection yeah. happening there. More so, like more explicitly than has been said, I think. Because yeah. we've got, they've both kind of had feelings before, but this is the first time that we have like, no, they can feel, literally yeah. like quite feel each other. Um, and so they get the thing off Egwene the collar and then Egwene is like freaking out obviously she's like no one will ever do this to me and then her the woman the Saldam comes in yeah and I fucking love this when Egwene like shoves the pitcher into her and puts the like puts the collar around her neck and just starts like torturing her essentially and it's I don't obviously I'm not like torture is good but in this moment, that character was so vile and so horrible that it's like a moment of catharsis for the reader in addition to Egwene. Like, we had to see it. Yeah. And we didn't need to see it through her perspective. Like, we no. don't need – we know what she went through, but we needed it – I needed that to happen on the page because yeah. for them to have no comeuppance for the person that we have associated with the violence yeah. would have been too frustrating. Yep. Yep. Oh, and she gets to say, like, her truth. Like, she gets to say, like, they did these things to me, and I hated them, and I hated that I couldn't stop them from Mm -hmm. making me do what they wanted. Like, it's just so... It is. It's very validating. It's incredibly validating, and it continues to be validating in that they don't just kill them. Like, I love Nenev's line of, like, men often mistake revenge and killing for justice. They seldom have the stomach for justice. Yes, such a good line. It's so good, and it's so, like you can feel how horrified these people are at what Nineveh is putting them in, you know, basically being like, this is what you have to deal with. And I hope that you learn something from it or I hope whatever, but this is what we're giving you. This is your, essentially. This is justice. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I really enjoy that. And then we have like the other side of Egwene's 
what's happened to her trauma uh her trauma thank you and and they're they're this is where we're they're almost out they they are so close they just have to get by these people and Egwene starts freaking out obviously like yeah of course perfectly understandable but she's like, I will not go back. I'll die first. Let me show them what they've taught me. And then she's just like, she's like, fuck you. She starts blowing shit up. Yep. And so they're like, we got to get to the boat. And, and there are like fireballs coming from somewhere else. Like, like even the nave like brings like lightning down. Yeah. It's just unlike holy hell has been unleashed. And then we see like Bale Dovin is like still waiting for them. <laughs> Kind of hilariously. Yeah. And then we get another second of Bornhold. Right, right. Because he's seeing, you know, all of these, like, there's lightning flashing and there's giant sounds and there's, you know, circling monsters. And he's like, the Legion will advance. Like, it's supposed to be this, you know, sort of... I feel like it's supposed to be this very brave moment, but Mm -hmm. it just is so foolhardy to me like yes. he doesn't know what the hell is going on just, he's just uh, throwing away his own life and those of his command like it's yeah so, it's stupid it's so ridiculous and I, I i do wonder how deliberate that was on the part of jordan like does he know how ridiculous I it think is so because i don't yeah. think bornhold is ever supposed to be someone that we like or that is heroic in any way yeah. like i think he's very clear on what the white cloak kind of represent and the yeah. absurdity of their positions right by giving us those moments of him being like i said i are working with them and like right. no they're not yeah. the ugh. um and then we cut to rand and before we get to the big reveal which is of course like what ingtar is going through i love this like strangeness between Egwene and rand of like there was an odd feeling in his head as if pieces of his life were in danger. Egwene was one piece, one thread of the cord that made his life, but there were others and he could feel them threatened down there in Balm. And if any of those threads was destroyed, his life would never be complete the way it was meant to be. He did not understand it, but the feeling was sure and certain. You're like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Because we know, we know that there are, what, four women that he has different connections with down there. Mm-hmm. But like we don't know how important and, the connections are other than Egwene, and we've been told time and time again that Egwene and Rand are not meant for each That's other. Right. That's like, right. Like we know that, right? And yet all of this is yeah. like Rand and Egwene. It's weird. Uh, it's, it's weird. So, it's interesting. So strange. Yeah. Uh, and then the big Ingtar reveal, which I will admit <gasps> I did not remember at all. And so when you're like. <laughs> When when you realize that Ingtar is a dark friend, I was like, oh, no. I literally out loud was like, oh, no. No. I know. It sucks so much. It sucks the most. I wonder, because this Ingtar is such a different character than who we met in the Eye of the World. Yeah. Like, he is a drastically different character. I was just thinking about, like, Ingtar in the Eye of the World. I thought he was, like, 17. Like, the way he was written, where he was like, so excited. I'm like, gonna do it, you know? And then in this book, he's like a man, and he's like in charge. And is I wonder how much Jordan had planned in the eye of the world for who mm. Ingtar would end up being. Or if that was a decision he made after he started writing The Great Hunt. That's interesting. I mean, you do get this moment, sort of the reveal is on page 653 when Ingtar says, like, I just let this guy in. I, I didn't know what he was going to yeah. do at Faldara. Like, 
but then you know blah 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 and it just goes into this like huge confession um and yeah it's an interesting question i i don't know i don't know I don't know what I think about I, yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's been so... I feel like the last book was, like, so long ago already. Right. Um, but I just... I do just feel like they're drastically different characters to me, the Ingtar then and the Ingtar in this book. Um, yeah, but now we find out why he's been so desperate yes. to get the horn. Yes. Because he has this vision of, like... I'm going to sound the horn and lead the heroes of the ages against Sheol Ghul. Like I'm, this is going to be my redemption moment, mm-hmm. except that like, he knows that it doesn't it, work that way. It, he never gets to, but I did. Right. I, I really, really liked this exchange between yeah. him and Rand, you know, when he says you were ready to give it all up to save a friend, think not of glory. And then it is every man's right to choose when to sheed the sword. And so he kind of is like, it's like, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. And that's kind of what Ingtar represents. And it gives a little bit of nuance and a little bit of complexity to this notion of right, right and wrong, yeah. light and shadow and, and all of that, which and so far we've gotten from like the dragon. People are afraid of him, but he what? has to save us from the shadow, you know. So this is like kind of a personal state. Yeah, because dark friends up to this point have been pretty unnuanced, right? Like- right. All of the dark friends that Rand and Matt are fleeing from in the eye of the world mm-hmm. are like just straight up bad. Like some of them are better at being bad guys than others, but they're not complicated in their right. badness. And this is our first. I mean, and then there's like Leandrin, right? Who is just the fucking worst. The and like, worst. Who, if like if she's not a dark friend, like I'll eat my microphone. Like it's just <laughs> so clear. Uh, but you know, Ingtar is sort of yeah the first complicated dark friend that we're exposed to in this situation he really yeah it's really really wonderful and Rand's reaction to it i think is really wonderful um he's still a little bit of a cinnamon roll not as much but a little bit but he is i really feel like he is in this section where you're just like oh so Ingtario sacrifices himself to let the rest of his guys get away. And then they have kind of this. This section is chapter 47. It's, there's Bonkers. a lot happening. I do. And we're going to get to like my favorite thing that happens <laughs> in this entire sequence, which I G chatted you. Yeah. <laughs> like, they have this argument first of like. Rand is like, I need to get to Egwene, so many threads, so much danger, so many duties. Like, you guys don't need me. You take the horn to Varen, figure it out. Like, I never should have left. I I loved this line where Rand says to, because Matt's like, what are you talking about? Like, just come with me. Are you going crazy right now? Like, just come with me. And Rand says, I'm going back. Rand said, "I, I should never have left. Somehow that did not sound exactly right in his own ears. It did not feel right inside his head. I have to go back now. That sounded better. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) It's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're having this argument and Matt is like, I I, saving Egwene is not a waste of time. Like I totally want to save Egwene, but I want to be smart about it. Yeah. And then Perrin's like, hate to tell you but <laughs> there's gonna be a battle between the sunshine who are right there and the white cloaks who are right there and here comes my favorite part <laughs> the entire thing 
It's like the super serious section, but I was laughing so hard because Matt's sitting there holding the horn and everybody's talking around him. And Matt's like, it has to be there at the last battle, Matt said. Nothing says it can't be used before then. (laughs) He pulled the horn out of its lodgings and looked at them. Nothing says it can't. Like Matt's sitting there being like, I'm going to blow it. I'm right. I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna blow the horn, and then he fucking blows the horn. And immediately, he's like, "Oh fuck!" I can't like this whole. I'm just like, I did not remember that it was Matt. First of all, me I did neither. Not that it was Matt. Secondly, there's all of this like weight to the blowing of the horn. Like, who gets to do it? You can't be thinking about glory. Like, it has to be salvation motives. Yeah, and I'm like. Are him, what like Matt like pure motives and so Matt much. are not. it gives it gives Matt Matt's like the Aladdin and you're like Matt is like <laughs> what I love him so much it's so absurd and it's so perfect because you spend the entire time being like this freaking horn has to get to uh Ilian or whatever and. <laughs> Jordan's just like, no, the idiot's going to blow. <laughs> it is like my favorite, favorite, favorite thing that I 100% forgot happened. And so like then this like fog starts coming out. Like it's this beautiful note. Like we get a little bit more born hauled, which who really cares? Right. And so the fog has come in and they see all of these like heroes of legend. Because it is the Great Hunt. Do you want to talk a little bit about now? Yeah, let's talk about the Great Hunt. So there's a lot of different versions within the versions that I know, which is, like I said, Mm -hmm. like the Irish Great Hunt or Celtic, I guess, is more correct, potentially. But in one situation, you know, it's uh, led by the Queen of the Elves. Well, that would be the Wild Hunt is more technically the the hunt I'm thinking of. But same difference. Uh, and, you know, anybody who's, like, caught in it might be stolen uh, mm-hmm. by the elves, you know, away on their chargers. There's also another version of the Wild Hunt where it's led by, like, sort of an Earl King or a Green Man figure, um, okay. like a nature god. And he has these giant hounds who are, like, terrible and chase down, depending on, you know, what you think how you think the wild hunt works like they're either looking for very specific prey or anything that gets in their way um Mm -hmm. but they do come sort of out of you know legends they're not like part of the regular world so what jordan has done is like mashed up the wild hunt with king arthur yeah and it's awesome it's amazing and all of these other mythological figures like we have Brigitte, who comes on to the yes. screen for the first time. I love Brigitte. She's so great uh, with her bow and like her snappy one-liners already. I know. It's so good. <laughs> and they're all calling Rand Luce Theron. And this was interesting, too, because Matt is the one who blew the horn. So like theoretically, he, he should be he in charge. One? Right. He's in charge. But they're all like, oh, what's up, Luce Theron? Like, how's it going? Nice to see uh, you again. Let's go do battle. I know. They name. just like Where's Matt is just like his bannerman. Yeah. I, I did spend the whole time being like, why isn't. But Matt blew the horn. Right. 
Like right, Matt Blewett. And yeah. like to your point, there's this great moment of like they all recognize everybody. Like they even if they, you know, they say he heard a hundred names when he looked at each face, some so different he did not recognize them at names at all, though he knew they were like Michael instead of Mikel, Patrick instead of Pedrig, Oscar instead of Otarin. And so recognizing, like we've said in Jordan's work before, is the importance of folklore and story mm-hmm. and building upon story and building upon story, um, which is really, really interesting. But yeah, our like Hawkwing comes in and is like immediately just like, you could tell him loose Theron. Could you remember when you wore flesh? And I was like, Ew. <laughs> what a phrase. What a gross ass phrase. And then, you know, this <laughs> banner that Rand has been carrying around, unable to let go of, he ends up needing because they can't fight with him or fight for him until they see the banner. Right. And so Perrin and I love, puts the banner onto a thing. Side note, I love how he's like, uh, so all you like legendary heroes, can you go find my ex-girlfriend? Like I know. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, another girl. Another girl. All right, fine. Like <laughs> just so it's such so, a moment. so funny. And so Matt is like in it. He's like, it's true, but oh, okay, we're here. Perrin right. is in it. And right. like poor Huron with his like Samwise Gamgee-ness. I like, know. I don't really understand what's happening, but I'm gonna follow you. <laughs> like I'm in oh, it. No. Um, and then we get this, like, it's so funny because this this we're we have like 16 pages left in this book. Yeah. And the whole book has been about this thing, the great hunt, and da da da. And it's it it's over so fast. And we don't really see that battle at all. The battle no. we get to watch is Rand fighting Balzaman, which I mm-hmm. loved. Yeah, I so loved ever. I love. I love it. He's such a good bad guy. Yeah. Yep. Like he's so. The wonderful moment is they're like fighting, and you know Balzaman keeps laughing at him, calling him loose Theron, and Rand is like you know fighting back and just being like, I have to hold his attention. So they can save Egwene. But there's this excellent moment where he's like, you sounded, Balzaman says, you have sounded the horn of Valir. And Rand is like, he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know it was yeah. Matt. <laughs> and it's it is amazing. like, that's all he needs. He needed that one piece of knowledge to understand that this this guy is fallible. Mm-hmm. Like this, this bad guy is fallible. And so the battle is happening between Sanchan and and Perrin is fighting and Hawkwing is fighting and Balzaman is just like doing his usual thing with Rand, basically being like, the White Tower is going to like use you and I'm the only one who can save you and I've won. The Tower will burn you up unless I teach you how to use it. Blah, 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 blah. And then Rand says the line, which we started the episode with, which is such a good line (laughs) on, weirdly enough, page 666 of my edition. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right? I was like, (laughs) ooh. But he and he uses the the sword move that Ingtar had told him would leave him open Mm -hmm. and that he should not use. That Rand was just using for balance because symbolism. (laughs) Um, And he manages to to beat Balzaman again, right? Yeah. And yeah. so the final chapter, right? This is the final chapter? Yes. Uh, uh, no, there's like no. there's like three mini chapters. 48, 49, and 50 are like a, a sum total of like 10 pages. Okay, I, ten. I, have, I have problems with chapter 48, though. Yeah, it's not my favorite. It's, it's very... It's it's very fanficy. 
It's very, Ooh, it's yeah. very like, oh no, there's only one bed, and we were caught in an <laughs> ice storm. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't. I, I feel like we, we get these moments where Robert Jordan is writing, a like a teen love story. Yes, and sometimes it's delightful, like when the girls are ogling the guys at Tarvalin in yeah. the training yard or whatever, and then they're like boys are stupid let's be friends forever like that's cute and sweet and all of that stuff and then there's this and then there's this or like elaine being like i wish rand were here out of nowhere so chapter 48 we get back into min's perspective and we find out that like the the women have all been separated like everything went to hell in a handbasket she does not know where Egwene or elaine or nynaeve are they none of them made it to the boat like she saw bail doman like sailing away because obviously right which and i'm so glad we spent so much freaking time what? with bail doman it's so funny too like, to me because like we got several perspectives of him being like i'll wait for them and then of course he can't wait so what was the point of those perspectives i don't understand i don't understand so so anyway so she like feels herself being drawn to this house like she doesn't know why mm-hmm. but as she's wandering around she's like being drawn to this building and she goes to the top floor and like there's a or there's a garden no there's a garden behind the house and rand is randomly in the garden of this house for no reason it's like so... how did he get there the last thing we know happened was that he stabbed baalzaman in the heart and baalzaman like stabbed him stabbed in the him side in the with side. his staff very symbolic wound placement where have i seen that before mm. Anyway, so, <laughs> so like Rand is lying there injured, and so she it's like very hurt comfort trope. Like she's like gonna take care yes. of him. And then I and, will you know, say this one line did make me laugh when she's like trying to lift him and she yes. goes, You have to have all that leg and shoulder. And I was like, damn girl, <laughs> keep it together. And then he had silky hair. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So she's like she's you know she's you know talking to herself and like about how he's like a sheep herder and like but she's pretty and she like she likes older men she doesn't like yeah, farmers it's very like, strange it's a weird little monologue and then Egwene comes in and then Egwene comes in and they have this whole like half conversation about like Min's like, well, I, you cast him aside and I, I picked him up and you're like, what the fuck is going on? I know. The only part of this I liked is when she says, Egwene looked at her for what seemed like a long time. Not at Rand, not at all, only at her. Which I did like that yeah. moment because it made me feel like this isn't about petty jealousies. This is not about Egwene being like, Rand's mine. This is Egwene knowing what she knows about Rand and trying to decide how to help her friend without right. betraying Rand's confidence and without betraying her other friend basically right and And that i was like okay fine yeah and then so there's this line just under there where min is thinking to herself and she's like she's really frustrated with the situation yeah she's thinking it's what has to be i know it i read it in all of them i don't want to be part of this and so like you're supposed to understand that she's acting on information that has not been shared with us, the readers, yet. Yes. Like she has seen her involvement in this whole situation mm-hmm. in a very specific way that we're not privy to. But I think that's a mistake, not yeah, sharing that insider information with us, because it just means that she's behaving in ways that 
make her Don't seem make sense. silly and like yeah it doesn't make sense like there's no there's no weight to these decisions. There's no why. Yeah. Because we just don't know. And I don't think it actually adds to the story for us not to understand why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah, I agree. I It's it's a really strange version of her that we're meeting at yeah. the end of this 700 long, like page long book or whatever. And uh, it's, it's just a really, it's a really weird section with two, good moments is how I feel about it in terms of like I like that moment with Egwene I really don't like the monologue that she's doing with like we know that there are going to be three women we know we haven't met one of them yet and like will you try I like I don't know if I want you to choose me or will you try to dandle all three of us on your knee like it's all very weird and uncomfortable in like a consent kind of way yeah. Um, but then, of course, the great other moment is Min is here, like with Rand, and then fucking Lanthier shows up. Yup. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> like it's so scary. Oh, it's you know, so terrifying. Like I am called Lanthier girl, and she, she could kill. You know, she could kill Min in a second. Right. Um, and I love this, like, where she says, what is it? Um, Ishmael thinks he can, he controls events, but I do, which is like this very, like, creepy, creepy thing. Um, like, I guided his steps. I pushed him along. I enticed him. And you're like, okay, you're obviously Celine. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then the loose Theron was and is mine. Tend him well for me until I come for him. And you're like, that is terrifying yeah <laughs> seriously uh, and we then like, we go back to like, child buyer for like a paragraph which is so annoying which like he had to tell what he had seen in the sky above thumb which i don't know why we get this like super intense drop off and then we find out in like a page <laughs> what he's talking about yeah so then rand wakes up we're back in his head which side note i feel like these these chapters here that we're talking about have the most perspective switches per capita of the entire yes it is ridiculous how much switching we do it makes sense because it's like the way i see it is like jordan's bringing the chaos of battle into the perspective shift so that you're reading and it's chaotic and it's stressful and it's fast paced and all this stuff and it makes sense for the subject matter but there are some that i'm like i don't yeah we didn't need need no like it's not it's not adding chaos it's just annoying yeah it's interrupting the flow yes um, but okay, so we come back to Rand and Min is there and we find out very quickly that like everybody left. Like he's been asleep for like five days. Yep. Um, which I feel a little bad for him. Well, they, it's not that they, this is, I thought this was very misleading. It's not that they left him behind. It's I that know. They've followed, but they make it sound like. They make it sound bad and it feels bad because like poor Rand is like, like he's like, she's like, oh, they had to go to Tarvalin with the horn and Matt had to get fixed and da da da. And he was like, she didn't even wait until I woke up. And I was like, oh, same. <laughs> I feel for you, bud. Yeah. Um, but of course, like more of the, he's, he's freaking out because he's got that second heron on his palm now. And yeah. Moiraine is there. Mm-hmm. And Rand has a very unwelcoming reaction. I but I, I like, I, I don't appreciate his reaction, but I appreciate Moiraine. Yeah. Kind of like 
this confusing stuff about Pate and Thane and kind of being also Mordith and and this thing that's worse than yeah than anything. Uh, and we still don't know what happened to him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this it, line, I love this line. Thane, let us call him, that is more dangerous than you can believe. You might not have survived such a meeting. And if you had, you might have been worse than turned to the shadow, which is like a big fucking deal to yes. tell the dragon reborn who just battled Baalzaman in the sky above a city. Like, you're like, but this other guy, is you worse. might not have survived that encounter. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, ah, I did, I, for some reason, again, with Fane, too, I was like, he must die in this book. I know. Nope. Great. Um, so he, again, is like, I killed him, and Moiraine's like, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But, so he finds out he appeared, they did this big battle in the sky over Fom, and now everybody freaking knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty There's, like, posters of him, it's, like, wanted posters of the Dragon Reborn. (laughs) And then there's this like just desperately, desperately sad moment after we find out another seal is broken. Yeah. Where Rand, oh, it's, this is like truly heartbreaking where it's like reluctant, more reluctantly than he had ever done anything in his life. He let go of the hope that he would discover Tam really was his father. It felt as if he were tearing his heart out. Oh, buddy. Like, oh, my poor, my poor little child. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, but then it gets a little like uh, balanced out by Loyal because Rand kind of comes in as like, are we still friends? I know. And Loyal's like, yes, you're, yes, you're still my friend. And I hope I, you were still my friend and I hope you were still my friend. Um, and he's like kind of uncertain about it. And Rand is like, for as long as it's safe for you to be around me and maybe even after. And I'm like, buddies. And the parents there and stays, which is nice. There's there, and then all the uh, Shinarans um, swear swear their oaths to Rand, and yeah. Rand is like, "But no, 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 no!" And they're like, "No, you are, yes, <laughs> we are yours now, because we watched you fight the Dark One in the sky, and right, we are yours." Um, and so I love Moiraine kind of being like, "Look, you have a you have a choice. Are you going to leave the world to break without you? You are the only hope." Yeah. And so it ends with, well, there's that one last chapter, but this chapter ends with death is lighter than a feather, duty heavier than a mountain. And he made his decision. And you're like, Ooh, oh, chills, chills. Um, and then chapter 50, we kind of get the like telling of the tales of the dragon reborn. Yeah. <sighs> the end of this book is so good. It's really good. And for all of our quibbles, it is very good. So, yeah, like, it's just an enjoyable, like, after the roughness of that last section, which was so rough, which, like, fine, like, you have to have moments in books that aren't fun to read. Like, they're, like, books by, like, story by nature has to have moments that make you feel in ways that you might not want to feel. Right. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just all candy all the time, right? It's just all, like, which, like, that's fair, too. I was going to say, it's there's a place for all of it, right? We we need a varied diet. I guess conflict. There's a there's yeah. a point in story in which you have to recognize there must be conflict or there's no story, right? Like you need a reason for things to be happening, and so fine. But this was cathartic yeah. and enjoyable to read. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't believe we're starting book three. 
I know. I had to resist the urge to start it immediately. I'm not going to lie. Like, that book ends on such an intense note that I was like, <gasps> what happens next? I don't remember. Like, I need to start reading again. But yeah, it's, I have so many, you know, like, you're like, what happened to Egwene? What happened to Elaine? What happened to Maynive? Like, they all go back to Tarvalon or like, what's going on with them? And like, is Matt going to get better? And like, <laughs> there's so remember. many threads. Yeah. Oh, I, and then, where does Rand go from here? Like, I don't know. Right. The place I'm dying for us to go is that Aiel Waste. And I am, I don't, I, again, this could be another case of like, I think that happens in book like five and it actually happens in book three. I hope it, I hope it happens in book three. I, but I don't, I don't remember. think it's soon. I don't actually think it's soon, but I want it to be. In my head, Perrin's whole story was yes. about finding the horn, which obviously that is not the case. Right. So exactly the same exactly the same. like i don't remember no but all right no well idea. we we will find out <laughs> um <laughs> we will clearly we will. uh so keep an eye out for future episodes every other wednesday next time we're going to be talking about chapters one through eight of the dragon reborn oh my um, god you can follow the conversation uh hashtag Tarvalin or bus like we're looking at the hashtag we're, we're seeing it and we really like to hear what everybody thinks um so tell us your thoughts but don't tell us we're right or wrong about any of our <laughs> guesses because we don't want to know <laughs> um and of course thank you to our patreon supporters oh here we go Meridim, Mimi K Amanda Mark D Heather J Christina M Malia H Keith Sirish G Olivia K Joshua S Caitlin P, Nicholas E, Michelle F, Michelle D, Danae, Destination Toast, Kat S, Jericho W, Saber Bouquet, Thomas K, Elizabeth F, Emily, Evans K, Ola J, Yulia S, and Brian D. Uh, if you would like to join our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash or bust. Well done. Thank you. And a big thanks go out also to Brian Dunn, our fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at briandunnmusic.net. That's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. If you are enjoying the show, please do leave a review and or a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. It helps other people find the show and we really do appreciate it because it's just nice. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> and you can find us on social media and other podcasts in between shows. I am a podcaster at Book Riot for the SFF Yeah and Get Booked shows. And I am on socials a bunch of places. I'm on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, Jen with two N's IRL. And you can find me on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, etc., TikTok. Um, at one... Are you on TikTok? Yeah, I joined TikTok <laughs> because there was a whole thing about how people look for book stuff on TikTok. And so I was like, I guess I should do it. Um, at Run With Skizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. Um, my last book just came out on April 6th. It's Yay! the sequel to Avengers Assembly Orientation. It is called The Sinister Substitute. Uh, and it's super fun if you have kids who like superhero stories. Um, and you can pre-order my other books uh, at preethechover.com, including st Sword Stone Table. I almost said Stone Sword Table. Sword Stone <laughs> Table, which is an anthology that Jen co-edited along with uh, Swapna Krishna, who is my co-host on Desi Geek Girls. 
that is a book full of Arthurian retellings, and that will be out in July. So you can check that one out. It's going to be awesome. Super awesome. This episode is not the ending. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the Wheel of Time, but it is an ending. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.